Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and speaking of help we're going to get a lot of it as we always do <laughs> with us from julie weisenhorn from the university of minnesota julie good morning Hey, Danny, how are you today? I'm doing quite well, staying cozy inside. Yes. I'm looking at the temperature. Wow, we zoomed up to 12 uh, degrees. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, now, fortunately, at least, uh, I don't know about your neighborhood, but we got, I bet, close to seven inches of snow at our house. 
Yeah, we did too. It was amazing. <laughs> and it was much needed. Now, uh, given these cold temps, fortunately, uh, it happened in this order. We we didn't get the cold and then the snow, although we did have some right. cold. Uh, how do you think, I mean, looking at that crystal ball of yours and uh, how how are our shrubs and lawns going to look like uh, if we don't get any more snow? Oh, man. Well, that's a great question. Um, and I think what's, uh, I, 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 the good thing about this is that it's moisture, right? So yeah. we have some kind of moisture and we do have some kind of insulation on plants uh, during these really cold temperatures that we've had recently. So that's good too. Snow is a great insulator. They call it the poor man's insulator. And so it can help to keep plant roots um, more protected during those really cold temperatures. Cause it would have been a big shock to our plants to suddenly go into, you know, nine degrees or less uh, without that snow cover. So that was a blessing. So we're happy about that. But I think they're going to be, you know, we're still, we're going into the, what, the 40s in the next few days? Yes. So we're going to lose that snow. Yep. It's going to melt and run off and um, maybe soak in in the warmer areas of our yards, those little microclimates where it's really quite toasty. But um, for the most part, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. If we don't get any more snow, I hope it's just a gradual warm up after that. With more moisture on the way, because I'm I, I, I'm concerned that uh, that we're going to end up with another dry uh, spring and summer. Yeah, very possible, very possible. Yeah. As gardeners, we have to be ready to pivot at any moment. I think yeah, these for days. Sure. Uh, let's uh, get our listeners involved, Julie. Uh, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're a regular listener of the show, you know how busy we tend to get. So don't wait. The earlier, the better. You send us your question either by phone. We'd love to hear your voice. Or uh, send us a text if that's easier. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. What's going on at the uh, Arboretum where you are lucky to have an office? Yes, I am. Well, it's beautiful. The snowscape is lovely. And uh, people have been out hiking and walking. Uh, we get quite a bit of foot traffic throughout the entire year. Not as much as in the spring and summer, of course, but... Uh, but even in the winter, people are out walking, and uh, there's a lot to see even in the winter. The I like looking at plants from a winter standpoint because I like looking for that winter interest about the plant, you know, the color of the stems, uh, the form of the plant, uh, how it looks against a snowscape. So those are important things to think about when you're looking for plants uh, this spring. And we have a great tool at the Arboretum called Plant Finder. It is on our website at arb.umn.edu. You can type in the name of a plant that you're curious to see. And if it is growing on the grounds, it will give you all the locations that you can see that plant. So it's a really cool tool if you're interested in seeing a plant maybe in the landscape versus just in a nursery pot. And if you're planning on heading to the uh, Arboretum, maybe for the first time, you're going to love it because you will be back more often. Uh, what, what is exactly, because we don't maybe get into too many details outside of get on the web, what, what, give us a little more instruction on how to get out there. So if you visit arb.umn.edu, uh, you can go ahead and reserve your ticket. Uh, we do that to help manage the crowds. And you can just do that. Members, it's free. Uh, if you're not a member, I think it's, um, how much is it now? It just went up in the price to get in. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. But you can uh, come into the Arboretum. We have the flower show going on right now, which started February 8th. And it's 
awesome. What's that about? Oh, man, all over the inside, uh, you know, the Oswald Visitor Center, the Snyder Building, are beautiful interior designs using fresh flowers, live plants. It just smells like spring in the building, and it's really, really lovely. So this is a great time to go out. Um, there are a lot of crowds, a lot of people, so be sure to get that ticket and, uh, and pick a time that you can come. Um, it, but it's really, really something to see. And you do it online. And you do it online. Uh, and you can that way you can have a place, you know, there's parking and there's enough room for everybody to be there because it gets pretty crowded uh, during the flower show. But it's just gorgeous. And there's the gift shop and the cafe and, you know, just a really nice place to spend a snowy day. I was going to say that you could get a little bit of food there too. Right. Yeah. Some hot yeah. coffee, tea, whatever. Outstanding. Yeah, Arbery, you got to you just have to check it out. It is just yeah. and it's a great place not only for yourself but to bring family and friends. It's a, it's a great destination. Let's yeah. do this, Julie. Let's grab a phone call. Uh I think Leslie's calling in from uh, Excelsior, Minnesota this morning. Leslie, you're on CCO. What can we do for you? Well, good morning. I'm glad I got right on. Yeah. See, I called, I, I sent you a text some, uh, a couple of weeks ago about tapping black walnut trees. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I've done that. And um, I've made uh, three cups of black walnut syrup. Woohoo, that's and a it good is, syrup. It is yeah, just what it said when I researched it online. It's nutty and caramely like. Mm-hmm. And mm. I've had so much fun with it. The only reason I knew they were running, my I have about twelve really big black walnuts in my woods, wow. and I um I I screwed a, a, a screw in to hang a, a a birdhouse, a new birdhouse, and then I noticed it was just weeping from that point. Right. So I went online, got a little kit, and I tapped six trees, and I got about six gallons. Wow, of, uh, that's awesome. Sap. <laughs> And, you know, I, I boiled it down in my kitchen, and it was really fun. And then I didn't realize, I, I you know, now that they'll start running again probably tomorrow. So yeah, they it's will. been really fun, really fun to, you know, now that they'll start running again probably tomorrow. So yeah, they it's will. been really fun, really fun to research and, and learn how to do that. I also learned they have the same sugar content. It's like a 1 to 40, like maple trees are. Uh, but I've also learned they don't put out as much sap. Okay. Hmm. Boy, yeah. I, that, that's interesting. It, 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 it's, um, I, what do we get mostly, you know, when you go to the grocery store, Julie? What is it, you know, clover, honey, uh, that do we see? Yeah, well, we get, uh, it, I'm so excited that you tapped uh, the black walnut, Leslie, because uh, I tried. Oh, black we're talking syrup. a syrup, not honey. Yeah, Sorry about syrup. that. <laughs> um, I I, ta- I tried black walnut syrup. Uh, my friend and faculty member Brandon Miller and uh, Neil Anderson, who's our department head in horticultural science, they were doing a. They were actually had a grant to study maple si- or uh, black walnut syrup, and so they shared some of it with us, and it was. Heads and tails above maple syrup. I'm really? Sorry, for all the maple syrup lovers, I love maple syrup. Yeah. That syrup knocked my socks off. At the same time, we were tapping yellow birch. There's lots of trees to tap, and that's a completely different type of syrup. So we got about 50 gallons of uh, yellow birch sap, but it's 100 to 1. 
So that's a hundred parts of sap to get one gallon of uh, of syrup from a yellow birch. So it's very low, high water, low sugar content, and it tastes completely different. It's more of something you might glaze meat with instead of pour on your pancakes. It's got more of an earthy flavor to it. Huh. Um, but boy, that was a that was a really fun project last year. I I don't know as if I've ever seen that kind of syrup in stores. Yeah, it's, it's expensive because of the I high. Bet. It takes so long to boil it down. I bet. Yeah. Well, it but sounds like fun, cool. but it truly is a labor of love, I guess, when you have to yes, convert is. so many gallons yeah, to uh, to a little a bit. Wow. And there uh, are some there's some things called like a reverse osmosis bu- bucket that will take out about eighty percent of the water that you can buy online. It takes a while for the sap to run through it but it reduces and concentrates that sap so that when you go to boil it, it doesn't take as long. Wow. All right. I'll tell you what, I'm getting a signal here, Julie. Time to take a quick break. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by all means, you can call it in or text it in, whichever is easier. Just one number will get you either a phone call or text. 651-461-9226. This is our Smart Garden Show. We're here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering uh, those particular questions. Again, 651-461-9226. More lawn and garden questions coming up here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Call us or text us with your lawn or garden questions, 651-461-9226. Here's one for you, Julie. Uh, Last fall, Texter says, I bought an amaryllis dancing queen. It was beautiful. I want to keep it and see if it will bloom again, but I do not want to put it outdoors. What to do? Oh, I'm sorry you don't want to put it outdoors. That is too bad because they really benefit from all the sunshine and during the warm months and the rainwater as well when we do get rain. Um, if you don't want to put it outside, then you need to treat it like a house plant, but give it plenty of light. So put it in the sunniest possible window that you have. And then also, um, you know, you, if you don't have a sunny window in your house, you'll have to supplement it with grow lights. So... Um, they really need to uh, photo, do a lot of photosynthesis in the summer months to store a lot of energy in that big, huge bulb to prompt, uh, to prompt that uh, blooming the next year. In the fall, when our weather gets colder, you're going to want to bring that plant uh, or put that plant in a location that's kind of dark and let it just die. Let the, let the leaves just die back. The bulb will be fine. And kind of rest. You were putting it into a sort of dormancy. And then bring it out after about 12 weeks into another sunny window. And uh, at that point, hopefully it will have concentrated those energies and will be able to put up a bud for you. All right. Very good. Good luck with that. Uh, again, uh, 651-461-9226. Grab a phone call this morning. Jack calling in from uh, Jenkins this morning. Jack, thank you. What is your question for Julie? Well, Julie, I have a question on a weeping willow tree we bought okay. about two and a half years ago. We planted it, did had a really good start. Then the next year, it seemed to be doing fine, but 
in the middle of last year, the bottom branches seemed to be dying off and it just wasn't flourishing like we thought it would. Anything that we should be doing different for that? Uh, what it's kind of, a, um, is it, was it in a pretty moist location? It's in a moist location. Uh, I have it next, it's, it gets sunlight and then right on this bank, there's a, like a swampy area right below it. Okay. So there's, there's moisture down in the ground. Uh, it's in a, it's in a, it's on the north end of our lot, gets plenty of sunshine and we did water it significantly, I thought, when it started struggling. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what would be happening to it, uh, except that maybe, um, I would watch it this year and see how it does. Uh, if you can mulch the base of it, if you haven't done that, that's always a good thing to do or make sure that there's, you know, if you've got plants planted underneath it or something just to keep that soil temperature moderate and to protect, keep it kind of cooler during the hot times of the year and help hold in that moisture. But maybe give it another shot this year, take a look at it and call us back if, if something, you know, whether it does really well or if you have other additional questions this year, if it seems to be doing the same thing. Yeah, very good. Uh, yes, call us or text us with your lawn and garden question. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Another phone call. Let's go to Bill, who is calling in from Waverly, Minnesota. Hi, Bill. What is your question for Julie? I was wondering when the best time to start my cannas inside. I think that you could start those now. Uh, you can pot them up, put them in a sunny window, water them, uh, and they should be pretty looking pretty good by the time you can set them outside when it's reliably warm. It's I, I'm kind of feeling like we're going to have a very early spring based on the winter we've had. So uh, I think you could start those now and get them outside, put them in a big enough pot though. So, uh, you know, hopefully you won't have to transplant them, but unless you transplant them into your garden. So um, I grow and grow them in pots in my, uh, front entry area sometimes, and I always like to pot them up in those pots. Okay. I can just move them outside. Line is open if you want to call or send a text, whichever is easier, 651-461-9226. Julie Texter says this, Good morning. I have not had potted tulip plants before and wanted to know how long they last and how much light they need to thrive. So we have really lovely bulb gardens that are available right now. They start coming out around end of January or so in preparation, especially for Valentine's Day. Excuse me. And they are, um, these are bulbs that are called, they've been, they've been forced, meaning that they've been subjected to a cold, dark environment, artificial, like a cooler. And, uh, and then they are brought out into warm, environments and they start to sprout. So you're kind of fooling the bulbs into uh, thinking they've gone through winter when they actually have just gone into a cooler. Um, Once they produce flowers, it's, excuse me, they, um, they need a lot of sunshine and they are not technically or really typically that hardy to go forward to rebloom again. Like you can't, some people will try to plant them out in their landscapes, um, but they don't, they're not big bloomers like year after year. 
because they've been forced, they've really used up a lot of their energy in that bulb. So, um, so it's, it's kind of hit or miss whether you'll get more flowers from them in the following years, but you can always try and you would want to then put them outside in a sunny spot as soon as the soil can be worked and you can plant them deep enough. All right. This uh, listener says this via the text, Julie, what is a good plant in a greenhouse hmm, that blooms a lot? What's a good plant mm-hmm. that blooms a lot? A good, I, well, I like the tropical hibiscus. That's a very floriferous plant. <laughs> blooms a lot. Uh, that's a great one. Um, and that's, that would be an inside plant, an indoor plant, but you can move it outside in the summer as well. Uh, that's terrific. Um, that's the first one that I can think of off the top of my head. But we have a great website on in our flower section of Yard and Garden at extension.umn.edu. And there's a whole list of different indoor plants that you can grow at different light levels. Um, so I guess the tr- a greenhouse it would be the lightest level. It would be probably the, the highlight plants, we call them. Okay. You know, before we take a look at that forecast, let's grab another phone call. I think Scott uh, is checking in from uh, White Bear this morning. Scott, good morning. What is your question for Julie? Hey, I've got a red maple. It's, I want to say, 20 years or plus more, about 25 foot tall. But it's got a lot of exposed roots, and half of it is kind of on a downward slope towards my driveway. I was wondering if I should cover those roots, like, like put a uh, mulch over them and maybe build a little wall where it's sloping away or just leave them as is? Well, if it's 20 years old, it's got roots that spread out quite far from what we see uh, exposed uh, from the soil. Mulch is always a great idea for plants. You want to just prevent, you just don't want to cover up the root flare. So don't, don't go crazy with the mulch, piling it up around the trunk. You want to actually let that root flare be exposed. It might be kind of tricky on a slope to put in mulch like that. As far as a wall goes, I would probably just get a few really nice boulders and tuck them in here and there just to kind of add a little more stability if you're feeling like that tree is starting to lean. But remember that these trees have roots that expand far past their canopy width. So they grow more out than down. So there's lots of roots that are holding that tree in at this point. Right. But mulching is always a great idea. So protects those roots, keeps that soil moderate, that temperature, and also holds in moist point. Right. But mulching is always a great idea. So protects those roots, keeps that soil moderate, that temperature, and also holds in moisture as well and, and reduces weeds. So good stuff. Very good, Julie. Hang on. We're going to be uh, taking a break and having a look at that forecast, see what kind of warm-up we're talking about. And we have more show to come. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, let's hear from you now. 651-461-9226. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those very questions here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We happen to be here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, thanks to good people like Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering any kind of a lot of good question you may have in mind this morning. How do you do it? You can either call it in or text it in, 651 461 
888-528-9226. Julie, speaking of uh, calls, Carol is on uh, the phone, awesome. I think, calling in from Wyzetta this morning. Hi, Carol. What's your question for Julie? Hi. Hello. I have a forsythia that I cannot seem to, to have it bloom, and I'm wondering what I need to do for the blooms. Oh, forsythia. And- yeah. That's a great plant. Um, I'm sorry it's not blooming for you. Um, do you happen to know the cultivar of the plant? Uh, it's uh, it's it's the smaller version. Uh, it's not supposed to get real big. I've had it for about I'd say six years. Okay. And it's bloomed maybe a couple of times, and then recently nothing. Okay. The first thing I think about with forsythia is that this is a plant, for those people not familiar with it, it's a a beautiful yellow blooming harbinger of spring. In other words, it blooms very early in the season. And these beautiful yellow flowers, they're great for early pollinators. It's really a lovely plant. Uh, There are lots of different cultivars, but some of them, uh, their buds are not winter hardy. So if that plant is a cultivar, and I, I, we do, let's see, we have a couple that were released by the University of Minnesota, and that uh, those have buds that are winter hardy, but they're very large plants. So you mentioned this is a compact uh, plant. It could be that that's the case with this plant, and I hope not because you've had it six years and invested a lot of time and energy into it. But it may also be that it's too shaded, and so it's not uh, so that in the spring, after the plants, after the plant has or the the trees start to leaf out, it's shading that forsythia, so it can't produce or or set buds very well for the f- next year. When we have these early early blooming spring shrubs like lilacs, forsythia, etc., they bloom and then they set buds fairly quickly flower buds for the next year. And it could be that this forsythia is in a location in your landscape where a tree is leafing out and it is shading the forsythia so that it's not as likely to produce healthy buds for next year. I don't. I hope that makes sense. Um, so it could be the cultivar and it could be the amount of light that that plant is getting after you know as the plant as the trees around it start to leaf out all right thank you for the call (laughs) uh this uh, julie texter says can i grow a small pussy willow plant potted indoors and if so what's the care for it a small pussy willow plant i'm not sure there are such things as small pussy willow plants you can certainly uh root uh pussy willow stems you can put them in water and they'll root and you can plant them outside. But they really are very large plants. So uh, I would say that if you do root them and pot them up for indoors purposes, um, you're going to have to move it outside when, it's, when you're done with it indoors because it's, it's an outdoor plant. It's a plant that we really like for our landscapes because it blooms so early you know, it has those nice fuzzy little buds, and then they break bud early in the season. And that's a, it's a great pollinator source for pollinators that are emerging early in the spring. So I would say root it in so, inside, 
maybe enjoy it a little bit, but then plant it out in your landscape so that those pollinators can take advantage of that pollen early in the spring the next year. All right, very good. Uh, Julie, this listener says, uh, I have two apple trees, a Harrelson and a Honeycrisp. Is it okay to prune them now, and what's a good resource to learn how to prune them correctly? Oh, I'm so glad someone asked that question because we just released on our Yard and Garden News an article called How Will This Warm Winter Affect My Plants? And our uh, extension fruit educator, Madeline Wimmer, addresses apple tree pruning in the last section under fruits. So uh, you can still prune now. Uh, in Minnesota, we, fr- we prune fruit trees when they're dormant, and this reduces the potential for diseases like fungal and bacterial diseases. And it also gives t- plants time as they exit dormancy for those pruning cuts to heal. So yes, you can prune them now. And, uh, and you can go ahead and do that. And we have a great video series, three videos on how to prune apple trees with Annie Claude, who was our former fruit educator, and Dave Bedford, who was a research specialist, uh, research scientist, pardon me, uh, with the Apple program. So you can find those on our extension site at extension.umn.edu and visit Yard and Garden and visit our fruit section. There's also a good, uh, good information about just growing apple trees in home landscapes and also pest management. What a great resource that is. It's I mean, a killer. It, yeah, it really it's awesome. is. <laughs> it's got to be one of the best, if not the best in the country, I think. Woohoo. Well, well and, we have a yeah. lot of great, great fellow educators uh, around the country, but we're really proud of this site, and Boy, we keep yeah. trying to improve it. We keep trying to look for the gaps so that we can fill those in. And this show helps a lot because well, we hear good from people and we hear what people are asking about and want to know about. So, thanks for all your input, everybody. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Um, back to the tech screen, Julie. Uh, this uh, listener says we have a lot of unwanted wild violets. What's the best way to get rid of them? Oh, if John was here. (laughs) Uh, Well, wild violets actually have a benefit, and that's that they are a pollen source for some of our sulfur butterflies. And and so, you know, maybe there's some room for them in your landscape, but if you just have too many of them, you can just dig them out. uh, You can do that. You can also treat them with a broadleaf herbicide. And that would also take care of them as well. Now, if you have a bee lawn, violets are great. If you have a pollinator area that you want to really uh, create for pollinators, using uh, wild violets is really awesome for that. But but if you really are looking for uh, a cleaner lawn, then you would want to treat those or dig them up. Okay. Looking at, we got a, a bunch of text messages uh, to uh, to get answered here, Julie. Here's another one: a healthy portion of my Christmas cactus fell off, and I'm hoping oh. I can grow roots on it and repot. Please advise. Yeah, you sure can. If it's a if it's a stem that's kind of woody at the end, maybe where it broke off. A lot of times they'll do this when they get really heavy. Uh, I would actually take cuttings of the younger stems of you know go up the stem and go to the more uh, the, the stems that are greener, you know, don't try to root that woody part of it. It's just too old. But you can take cuttings from those stems by just simply snipping at the joint between, these are called cladophils. They're these little flat uh, areas of the stem. 
snip those off or break them off. You'll see little air roots actually starting to grow in probably some of them. Dip it in a little bit of uh, root tone and then just stick it right in the soil. So you can do this in new pots. You know, you can set up a bunch of small pots and create a bunch of uh, transplants that way. Or you can actually, if you have a big gapping space where that branch fell off, you can put them right it back into the pot that they broke off of. Okay. I'm looking at another text that says this, with the uh, mild winter and moderate temperatures, is it still safe to trim trees, particularly bur oaks? Yeah, it's still okay to prune oaks. Uh, our Minnesota, our our website called My Minnesota Woods has a uh, uh, an oak wilt uh, risk measurement or little a little graphic that shows whether it's high risk, low risk, or no risk. Uh, you know, safe time to prune, and it's still a safe time to prune your oaks. So you can still do that, but visit that site for that information. So it's My Minnesota Woods at umn.edu. It's a really great. Uh, blog that is written by our forestry group and our natural resources uh, educators, and they present a lot of good information if you have woodland and other good things too. So uh, it's a great site also. It really is. Uh, I'll tell you what, I know we need to take a break. I'm just looking at a texter that says, always good to hear your voice, Denny. You must know a lot about gardening and wine by now. <laughs> <laughs> and house repair. And house repair. repair. Um, well, one, I, more th- one more thing about the oak wilt yes. is we usually advise pruning up until April 1st. Ah. But be watching that, um, be, keep visiting that My Minnesota Woods uh, site to keep watching that gauge when you're thinking about pruning your oaks, just because it may change a little bit this year, mm-hmm. depending on the temperature and whatnot. But just keep an eye out for that. That's a really great question. I'm glad someone asked that. No, it is. And uh, with, the, with the crazy temps we've had, that's yeah, it's yeah, good you, advice. It's and good yes, I, thanks, thanks to people like Julie and Mary and Teresa, I've picked up a few tips on gardening <laughs> and Jack Farrell on the I love when I well. have to refer to you for lawn care sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think, Denny? Oh, my. What have you been uh, doing It's fun. Yard? I can tap dance <laughs> once in a while. All right, Julie, hang on. We'll uh, we'll take this bit of a break. We have more show. Oh, my. What have you been uh, doing It's fun. Yard? I can tap dance <laughs> once in a while. All right, Julie, hang on. We'll uh, we'll take this bit of a break. We have more show to come on our Smart Garden Show, 651-461-9226. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those questions. Don't forget, coming along next hour, our home improvement hour, speaking of which, uh, Andy Lindis will be answering those qu- kind of questions next hour here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming those lawn and garden questions this morning for Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. Uh, Julie, we have callers and we have texters. Let's see okay. uh, how many folks we can help before you take your leave today. Uh, another phone call coming in. Beth is calling in from East Bethel. Hi, Beth. What's your question for Julie? Good morning. Uh, last morning. September, I planted. Good morning. I planted four blueberry bushes in my yard, and I'm just wondering if you think they're going to survive from this mild winter. Uh, they probably will. I'm not sure if you protected them at all, but if they're hardy uh, Minnesota blueberries, University of Minnesota releases, they uh, they will probably be fine because it's been quite a mild winter. Um, it, uh, I think mulching them and caring for them and, and be sure that you're having, I hope you had a soil test before you planted them because 
they are acid-loving plants. In other words, they prefer a soil with a very low pH, about 4.5 to 5.5. So you'll be, if you have a higher pH than that, then you'll be wanting to, to treat those with uh, an acid, uh, a fertilizer for acid-loving plants, for plants that re- require a reduced, uh, a reduced soil pH. Sulfur can also help with that. You can work that into the soil, but you really should do that. I hope you did it when it was pl- when they were planted. So we have a good blueberries webpage also on our fruit section. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about apple pruning. So it's at extension.umn.edu, and it's under our uh, yard and garden fruit section. There's blueberry information there. All right. A lot of text messages, too. Uh, when Here's another one. When can I start a dinner plate dahlia in a pot? I will replant it outside when it's warm enough. Uh, you could probably pot those up pretty soon. And uh, it, it would depend on how long it takes for that plant to really emerge. You don't want to pot it too soon in your house because it's going to get too large, basically. But I think for dahlias, if anybody's a dahlia grower... Uh, I would like some advice. I have never grown dahlias before, except for uh, our annual dahlias. So that's a really good question. And uh, yeah, anybody out there growing dahlias? Okay. When should she pot it up? Listener wants to know, are leaves a good mulch? Yeah, leaves are great. Leaves are a great mulch. They're, (laughs) They're free. That's one thing. <laughs> and then also they're on your property, so you can just sweep them right into or rake them right into your plants. As plants start to come up through the leaves, you can just spread those leaves up away from the plant to allow it to reach some, have some sunlight reach it and just leave them on your garden. Okay. They will break down. Julie, a listener, says, uh, good morning, great show, thank you. Uh, you just mentioned tropical hibiscus. Mine is currently inside and flowers every time I fertilize it. My question, can I start new plants by cutting back the outer six to eight inches and sticking them into soil? Should I use a rooting compound? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you should do. Uh, for those people who don't know, uh, rooting hormone comes in a powder or a gel. And you can purchase it at a local garden center. Uh, the name is sometimes called Root Tone, or there's other brands also. But you just uh, make your cutting and dip that end in a little water and then in the, in the uh, rooting hormone. And then make a little hole in your pot, in your soil, or in perlite also. And just set it in, set that cutting in carefully. You don't want to wipe off all that root tone. So set it in carefully, close up around that stem. And then uh, check it in probably you know a week or two, just by lifting it gently. I use a a little like a popsicle stick or a little spatula to lift it up, so you don't pull the roots off that have developed. Just lift it up, check out the roots. If they still need to root some more, just put it back in the soil. But if it's got a nice bushy bunch of roots, you can just pot it up in a in a potting soil at that point, and you can make a cutting that way. Okay, I haven't asked you who the abiders are playing lately. We are scheduled to play in March, so a little ways out there. Uh, March 9th, we'll be at Excelsior Brewing uh, in the evening. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. We haven't played for a little while. We've been A lot of people have been on vacation in the group. Sure. So, yeah. so we're looking forward to that. March 9th. Well, you can tell us that March before 9th. when you come back. 
Yeah, I will do we'll that. remind us that. Here uh, is a question from a listener, Julie. Do hibiscus attract white flies? Uh, yeah, they can. Uh, a lot of indoor plants can attract white flies. I don't have trouble with white flies in my house, knock on wood. I hope you can hear that. And uh, But they, yeah, they're a pest. And they uh, are difficult because they fly. That's I, th- I always think like the bugs that crawl are easier to manage than those that fly around. But if you have that problem, you can use some low-impact pesticides uh, like insecticidal soap, uh, neem oil. Just be sure that that uh, plant that you're treating is listed on the label. And be sure to follow the label and protect yourself by using any kind of PPE that's recommended. Okay. This listener has two crimson maple trees. One is older. The other one is just a year old. Is it okay to trim both? Yeah, good uh, form for trees starts uh, when they're very young, and you start by you start by doing good pruning practices. We do have a good site on our extension site on pruning trees and shrubs, and uh, so take a look at that. It's got some good diagrams, and you can go ahead and start and prune those. You might see a little bit of weeping of the sap, and that's perfectly normal, and uh, it's just going to happen. And so, uh, yeah, you you could prune them both. Uh, Texture says this about boxwoods. I have some boxwood bushes. I have not put burlap on them. I didn't do that either. Uh, yet, is it necessary at this point? No, I wouldn't worry about it now. We're getting enough sunshine that it, that's actually going to be helpful to the plants. Uh, we we cover these plants sometimes because they're in a location where wind can desiccate those leaves. Those leaves are they're they're broadleaf evergreens. They hold their leaves through the winter. And so sometimes we get dieback or, or burning, call it burning, when those leaves dry out in the winter, they turn brown and you get this kind of unsightly foliage. But usually it's just the leaves, it's not the branches. And the branches will bud back out in the spring. So at this point, I don't think I would cover them. And you, you probably got off easy this year because we had such a mild winter up until the past few days. So I, I think you're okay for now. Okay. Julie, 60 seconds to go. Can avocado pits turn into plants, and are they Minnesota hardy? No, they're not Minnesota hardy, but you can root them. You can put them in a little bit of water. And, uh, and I think there's some diagrams online about how to do that. It's usually a kid project. Okay. Here's another one. What's the best place to plant fern peonies? I believe that they need uh, full sun. And they'll need well-drained soil. And you'll want to be sure to read the information about fern peonies, about how deeply to plant them. Peonies are pretty fussy about that. So uh, I know ordinary ordinary peonies, it's about an inch and a half below you plant the, plant the root. But uh, I think, I'm not sure if fernly peonies are a little bit different. But okay. be sure to read about it. Julie, we have to run. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the help. And don't forget, get to the Arboretum and yes. get on that University of Minnesota website, extension.umn.edu. Uh, thanks again, Julie. Let's do this again here in a couple of weeks or so, huh? Sounds good, Denny. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Now, coming up next hour, right after our news break, we'll uh, have Andy Lindis answering any kind of a uh, lawn uh, or, or home improvement question. <laughs> Confusing my shows here. Uh, Any kind of a home improvement question you may have, 
Uh, call us or text us at our usual number, 651-461-9226. We expect highs today, but a windy day near 29 degrees. Uh, we'll drop to 22 overnight, 34 with sunny tomorrow. We'll have more weather details coming up on 830-WCCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.